your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 389 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the leagues. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps every day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. And some sad news from over the weekend uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets family, Matisse Kevlenix. Passed away tragically and suddenly on Sunday, uh, July 4th, he suffered an apparent head injury in a fall in what is being called just a tragic accident, which obviously it is. Uh, Details are still kind of coming out as I'm recording this, but it looks like The Athletic is reporting that Kivlenix was in a hot tub and there was some kind of fireworks malfunction. Uh, A bunch of people started running away and apparently he slipped, hit his head on the concrete and... um, passed away tragically and suddenly from that. So obviously just just terrible news there. Uh, John Davidson, who of course is back with the Columbus Blue Jackets, released a statement on the matter. We are shocked and saddened by the loss of Matisse Kivlenix, and we extend our deepest sympathies to his mother, Astrida, his family and friends during this devastating time. Kivy was an outstanding young man who greeted every day and everyone with a smile, and the impact he had during his four years with our organization, will not be forgotten. Uh, Kivlenix played in eight career NHL games. He was 1-1 one one with a 340 goals against average and a 901 save percentage this past season with Columbus. And then through his career, as far as his career numbers go, he was 2-2-2 two, two, and two with a 309 goals against average and 899 save percentage. And his first career win was actually last season against the Rangers in Madison Square Garden. He won that game 2-1, to one, and he actually just, what was it, a month ago, the World Championships, played for Latvia at that competition, appeared in four games, went 1-1-2 one, one, and two with a 2.18 goals against average, a 9.22 save percentage, and he shut out. And obviously just tragic news and too much of this recently. You know, not too long ago we had to talk about, you know, the tragedy with uh, David Pasternak and his family. And uh, obviously, our condolences to the Kivlenix family and uh, his friends and really to the entire Blue Jackets organization. To kind of uh, shift focus back to the Rangers here, it's always kind of tough doing this because, you know, something like this just reminds you how fragile that life is. But I wanted to talk a little bit about a article that NHL.com did. They released it on July the 4th, Independence Day, of course. What they did was they took a look at the all-time all-American roster for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the Rangers are well-represented on this list. They put together basically just a starting lineup, so we'll get into that in a second as well. But I wanted to start today by continuing uh, a series that we've kind of been doing throughout the offseason here, where we basically just do a deep dive into every single New York Ranger impending free agent. We've done a lot of the big names, a lot of the uh, restricted free agents like Igor Shesterkin and Philip Hedl and Pavel Buchnevich, and what I'll do eventually here is I'll give you guys kind of a guide if you missed any of these, any of my thoughts on any of these impending Ranger free agents, I'll give you a list of what episodes you can go back to and listen to kind of hear my thoughts on some of these players. But for now, I want to dive into uh, the guy that we're going to point the spotlight at today, and that's Johnny Brodzinski. Brodzinski only appeared in five games with the Rangers this past season. He spent most of his time in the Hartford Wolfpack, but we'll kind of just take it from the top as far as uh, Johnny Brodzinski and who he is as a player and all the different stops that he's had along his NHL career here. And then I'll just kind of share my thoughts as to whether or not he could be back with 
with the Rangers, whether or not he should be back with the Rangers, what it might cost. Uh, that's kind of been the formula as far as us covering these impending Ranger free agents in the offseason, so might as well stick with that today. But Brodzinski, now 28 years old, he was drafted by the LA Kings back in 2013, going in the fifth round at number 148 overall. So on one hand, you got to give him credit. I mean, there's some fifth rounders that never even make it to the NHL, and Brodzinski is at least hung around and actually been a very good player in the AHL. We'll get to that in just a second. But yeah, for the most part, kind of just a career journeyman at this point and somebody who, like we said, has spent more time in the AHL than he has in the NHL. He's never really established himself as a true NHL regular. But like we said, uh, 62 career NHL games with the Kings, Sharks, and then, of course, this past season with the New York Rangers. And in those 62 career NHL games, he scored seven goals, dished out six assists. And then in this past year with the Rangers, just the five games that he appeared in, uh, scored one goal, was an even plus minus, seven shots on goal in the five games, and averaged 11 minutes and 20 seconds of ice time per night, four hits, and two block shots. With the Wolfpack, however, it must be said, Brodzinski had a pretty strong season, appeared in 14 games with Hartford, scored six goals, and dished out 11 assists. So he did have 17 points in 14 AHL games this past season. And as we kind of just alluded to a second ago, that's not really that unusual for him. He does tend to get some points in the AHL. And in fact, the season before with the San Jose Barracuda, uh, he had 30 points in 44 games. He also had 30 points in 29 games with the Ontario Reign back in 2017-2018. And then he also had 49 points in 59 games with the Reign in 2016-2017, just to cite a few of his better AHL seasons. So, you know, as far as whether or not the Rangers should hang on to him, it's a situation where we didn't really see a whole lot of Brodzinski this past season. So it's kind of hard uh, to really have a great feel on exactly who he is as a player. But from what I can remember, like we said, he did appear in five games. He did fine. It's not like he embarrassed himself out there. It's not like he was a tremendous liability anytime he was on the ice or anything like that. And, you know, given that Brodzinski played from what I remember, pretty much exclusively on the fourth line with the Rangers, whenever he was active with the Rangers, that's kind of what you're hoping for. I mean, he was basically just a fill-in. He was actually out there for a few of the games when Panarin was away, and obviously he's not going to fill Panarin's shoes, but he did fine for himself and obviously was on a fairly inexpensive contract this past season. He made $700,000, and if the Rangers want to bring him back as kind of a depth piece and one of those NHL, AHL swingmen, I mean, to me, that's fine because, again, I got to be totally honest with you guys, I don't really feel that strongly one way or the other simply because we didn't see enough of Johnny Brodzinski to really know for sure, uh, you know, exactly what he has. But the fact that he's 28 years old and only has played 67 career NHL games, I don't know. I, I feel like the odds are probably against him ever becoming like a star in this league. I think we could probably all agree with that. But again, as a depth piece, as somebody who can, uh, you know, be a solid player for the Wolfpack and step into the Ranger lineup and at least do a decent job on certain nights, depending on, you know, injuries or players who aren't performing up to par, whatever it might be. Uh, yeah, I see no reason why you can't bring Johnny Brodzinski back. Maybe Brodzinski sees that the Rangers have a lot of young players in the pipeline, and he's not so sure how he fits into this organization going forward. And he is an unrestricted free agent, so he can sign with any team that he wants. Maybe there's a team willing to give him a little bit more money than the Rangers are. But if Brodzinski likes it with the Rangers and he's okay in the role that the Rangers uh, seem to have for him, then yeah, I see no reason not to do a reunion here. But uh, like we said, he is an unrestricted free agent. And if he sees a better opportunity, maybe even a little bit more money somewhere else, he might be gone. And again, just given the fact that he's unrestricted and he can talk with any of the other 30 NHL teams, I would probably bet on him not being back with the Rangers. But again, if the Rangers and Brodzinski can come to some kind of an agreement on a short, inexpensive contract, then I've got no issues with the Rangers bringing him back. Uh, he's somebody who 
at least got somewhat familiar with the Rangers this past season. And again, as a depth piece, I, I see no reason why uh, Brodzinski wouldn't be able to play that role again. Kind of that NHL, AHL swingman like we talked about. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we'll go ahead and talk about one more impending New York Ranger free agent. But first, I just wanted to kind of give you guys a rundown of where you can hear our thoughts on some of the other New York Ranger free agents. So I'll just run through this really fast. We talked about Brennan Smith and Jack Johnson in episode 360. We talked about Julian Gauthier in episode 363. We covered Pavel Buchnevich and Brett Howden in episode 364. We talked about Igor Shesterkin in episode 374. We talked about Philip Hedl in episode 380. Philip DiGiuseppe in episode 382, and Libor Hayek in episode 384. So as you guys can see, we're kind of just sporadically going into this topic and then getting away from it for a little while and then going back to it. It all depends on how much news there is surrounding the Rangers, but I do want to cover every single player in this organization, both on the Ranger roster and also on the Wolfpack roster, including this individual who we're about to talk about right now, and that is Darren Radish. Darren Radish is 25 years old. We'll just take it from the top here like we do with every single player that we cover when it comes to New York Ranger impending free agents. He's a defenseman. He went undrafted. Uh, he's six feet tall, 201 pounds. He has yet to make his NHL debut despite being 25 years old. Uh, he did play initially for the Rockford Icehogs. They are the AHL affiliate of the Chicago Blackhawks. Never actually got to play with the Blackhawks themselves. And then after two years with the Icehogs in February of 2019, the Blackhawks trade Radish to the New York Rangers in exchange for Peter Holland. And Radish then re-signed with the Rangers this past October. It was a one-year deal, a two-way contract worth $700,000 in the NHL and $80,000 in the AHL. And in his career in the AHL, 228 career games, uh, and again, still has not appeared in the NHL. Hopefully he gets to do so eventually, whether it's with the Rangers or any other team. But 228 career AHL games, scored 22 goals, dished out 73 assists. So 95 points in 228 games, not too shabby for a defenseman. And He's been with the Wolfpack for two and a half seasons because it was an in-season trade that the Rangers made with the Blackhawks. So 108 career games with the Hartford Wolfpack. He has seven goals and 38 assists in that time. And the really weird thing here, to me at least, is that I don't ever remember hearing Darren Radish's name mentioned as even an option to come up to the Rangers at any point last season. And obviously, there were a lot of moving parts with the Rangers, guys being uh, you know injured, and then you had the whole situation with Artemi Panarin. Obviously, Tony D'Angelo, when he kind of self-destructed, that left a hole in the lineup. But no matter what happened, you had all those that craziness with the Washington Capitals, with players being injured and players being suspended, et cetera, et cetera. But no matter what happened, I don't ever even remember Darren Radish's name coming up as even an option. I don't even remember his name being mentioned on MSG or anywhere else 
from really just about anyone who covers the Rangers. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong there. Maybe his name came up a couple of times. Maybe they at least flirted with the idea of calling him up to the NHL roster, allowing him to make his debut. But I don't really recall it. And given the fact, again, that he is an unrestricted free agent, if I had to bet on this, whether he's back with the Rangers or he moves on, I would say he probably walks. I mean, it's been two and a half years with this organization. He's now logged 228 career AHL games. They're not all with the Wolfpack, but 108 of them are, and he's yet to even sniff the NHL roster. And again, being a defenseman, I just feel like there's so many guys that are ahead of him right now in the pecking order. I just don't see a path to him playing for the Rangers. So I would imagine, once again, he's unrestricted. He can talk to any of the 31 NHL teams. I get the feeling it's a situation where he probably moves on. If he wants to remain in the Ranger organization and they have some interest bringing him back, again, it's a situation where I don't see any real reason why not. It's not like you're going to have to break the bank or anything like that. And so it's kind of a similar situation as it is with Johnny Brodzinski when it comes to whether or not they bring him back. I mean, it's not going to make or break your organization one way or another. It would not seem. But something that's definitely worth mentioning here is that both Radish and Brodzinski were alternate captains with the Hartford Wolfpack this past season. And so maybe it's worth bringing them back just for that reason alone. And I realize the AHL, the priority there for these NHL organizations, it's always going to be uh, as development because you want to get these guys ready for the NHL level. But it doesn't hurt to have a successful AHL team as well. You know, the Hartford Wolfpack organization itself wants to win and they want to go out there and they want to compete for a championship. And so, yeah, I mean, if you want to bring these guys back, if they're willing to kind of be that NHL, AHL swingman type player and they're happy with where they're at and they want to come back and be the alternate captain for the Hartford Wolfpack, then by all means, again, I don't see any reason to not bring them back, given that, again, you're not going to be really paying that much money for either guy. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Obviously, they both have every right to negotiate with other teams. If they get a better deal, they might very well take it, Brodzinski and Radish, that is. But if you're the Rangers and you can come to some kind of an agreement and bring them back on a short-term team-friendly deal, then why not? No reason not to do it. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. So something that I definitely want to discuss here was an article that was put together by a couple of different panelists on NHL.com. Basically what they did was they put together an all-time American Stanley Cup playoff roster. And basically what this is, it's just what it sounds like. It's the best American-born playoff performers in NHL history. And the Rangers are well-represented on this list, as you're going to see in just a second for starters. Your starting goalie for this team is none other than Mike Richter. He got six out of the 11 voting points. I don't know exactly how they kind of did this as far as uh, how many votes each panelist could cast or how many panelists there were in general. But yeah, Mike Richter won this fairly convincingly because, again, he got six of the 11 voting points. Ryan Miller got two points. Tim Thomas got two points. Jonathan Quick got one point. And of course, I'm going to be a little bit Ranger biased, but I think Mike Richter is an excellent choice here as far as uh, 
the all-time best American-born goalie in Stanley Cup playoff history. These are his career playoff numbers. 76 games, a record of 41 and 33. He had nine shutouts. That's very impressive. I think maybe that's the thing that kind of put him over the top there. But a goals against average of 268, a save percentage of 909, and of course, that one Stanley Cup championship with the Rangers in 1993-1994. Obviously, he stood on his head, was absolutely money down the stretch in Game 7 against the Vancouver Canucks with the Rangers clinging to that one goal lead, uh, that third period that just would not end. Anybody who lived through that knows exactly what I'm talking about. But Richter, that season specifically in the playoffs, again, the 1993-1994 season, 23 games with the Rangers, 16 wins, 7 losses, four shutouts, a goals against average of just 2.07, and a save percentage of 921, just standing on his head really all throughout the playoffs, and obviously a key, key part in the Rangers finally breaking the curse and winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, cannot say enough about the job that Mike Richter did in the playoffs that season, and again, just a fantastic choice as the premier American-born Stanley Cup playoff goalie. As far as the two defensemen on this All-American team, you've got two guys who I think a lot of us could probably figure out were going to be on this list, Brian Leach and Chris Chelios, the premier All-American defenseman in Stanley Cup playoff history. Leach got 21 of the 33 voting points. Chris Chelios got 11 of the 33 voting points. Then Phil Housley also got a point, and Mark Howe also got a point. But Leach and Chelios obviously just cleaned up. As far as Brian Leach's career in the Stanley Cup playoffs, he played in 95 Stanley Cup playoff games. All but 13 of them came with the New York Rangers. He played 13 Stanley Cup playoff games with the Toronto Maple Leafs in 2003-2004. But again, kind of the same as how it is with Mike Richter. I think a lot of us hear Brian Leach in the playoffs, and we immediately, our minds just go right to that 1993-1994 season where, of course, the Rangers won the Stanley Cup, broke the curse, and he was just absolutely phenomenal in the playoffs that year. 23 games, 11 goals, and 23 assists. So 34 points in 23 games for Brian Leach in the Stanley Cup playoffs that year as a defenseman, no less. That's impressive if you're Wayne Gretzky. I don't care who you are. 34 points in 23 playoff games is an incredible number, and he was fantastic defensively in that run as well. But for his career in the Stanley Cup playoffs, like we already mentioned, 95 games, scored 28 goals, had 69 assists, so 97 points in 95 career Stanley Cup playoff games, more than a point-per-game player as a defenseman. That is just absolutely phenomenal. And again, the one that really stands out, 1993-1994, that ends with the Rangers lifting the Stanley Cup. It ends with Brian Leach lifting the Stanley Cup. It also ends with Brian Leach uh, lifting the Conn Smythe Trophy as the most valuable player in the postseason that year, and 100% deserved. I don't know if that the Rangers could have broken the curse without Brian Leach uh, basically just turning into a human cheat code in the playoffs that season. He was absolutely phenomenal and obviously well-deserved uh, to have his place on this list here, and again, getting the vast majority of the votes as the premier All-American Stanley Cup playoff performer at his position. As far as the forwards, you've got Patrick Kane, Mike Madonna, and Pat LaFontaine representing Team USA here. And again, you'll get no arguments from me. I think those are three excellent choices. Kane got 31 of the 66 points. Madonna got 15 points. And then Pat LaFontaine got 12 points. As far as uh, some honorable mentions, if you will, Brett Hall got two points. 
John LeClaire got two points, Keith Kachuk got two points, Joe Pavelski got one point, and Kevin Stevens got one point. So you've actually got two former Rangers, including Pat LaFontaine, who made this team. So of the six starters on this All-American team, you've got three former Rangers, Mike Richter, Brian Leach, Pat LaFontaine. Of course, LaFontaine was not with the Rangers nearly as long as, you know, Leach and Richter, and obviously he wasn't there for the cup run or anything like that. And in fact, Pat LaFontaine was only there for one season with the Rangers. It turned out to be the final season of his NHL career. That was in 1997-1998, and the Rangers actually missed the playoffs that year. That was the beginning of a very long playoff drought for the Rangers. That was the first time that they missed the playoffs, and then they didn't get back until 2005-2006, and LaFontaine was long since retired at that point. But I mean, for what it's worth, LaFontaine had a pretty good season for the Rangers that year in the regular season. Uh, 67 games, 23 goals, 39 assists. Of course, they didn't make the playoffs, so nothing that he did during his run with the Rangers contributed to him being elected to this team. But in 69 career Stanley Cup playoff games, these all came with the New York Islanders and the Buffalo Sabres. LaFontaine had 26 goals and 36 assists for a total of 62 points. Unfortunately, he did not ever get to play a playoff game with the New York Rangers. And then you've also got, as a total honorable mention here, Kevin Stevens. He got one point as far as forwards are concerned. Stevens was with the Rangers for three seasons, 1997-1998 through 1999-2000. The Rangers, again, sadly did not make the playoffs in any of those seasons. Stevens, in his career in the postseason, had 103 games, 46 goals, and 60 assists. So that's pretty much it. Just thought this would be a fun list to kind of go over and kind of just share my thoughts real quick. Again, I think they got it right. I think these are all excellent selections and very, very cool to see three former Rangers in the starting six here, if you will, Richter, Leach, and LaFontaine. And of course, Richter and Leach, they will be New York Ranger legends from now until the end of time. They are immortal given that they played such enormous roles with that Ranger team that broke the curse and got us our only Stanley Cup in the past 81 years or however long it's been at this point. Pretty crazy stuff. Uh, actually, now that I mention that, though, another little bit of news that I just remembered here, the Toronto Maple Leafs just a few days ago, they now have a longer Stanley Cup drought than the Rangers had. The Rangers had 54 years. The Leafs have since surpassed it. And given that the Stanley Cup finals are still going on right now, even if the Leafs would have won the Cup this year, they still would have surpassed that records. So I guess that's cool. I mean, the Leafs now have an even longer drought than the Rangers. Make of that what you will. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. And then the only other thing that I want to talk about real quick here is Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously, that will be happening tonight. The Lightning are up 3 to nothing. And with the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, I hesitate to count them out because every time they've had their back against the wall and people think that they're done, that's when they tend to play their best. But, I mean, it really does look like a David and Goliath matchup. That's kind of what we said going in, and that's kind of how this whole series is shaked out, at least thus far. The Canadians have announced that they're going to go with Carey Price tonight, and I think they have to. I mean, they, there's no choice there. I know Price has struggled in the Stanley Cup Finals, but he's the biggest reason why you've gotten as far as you've gotten here. He's been the franchise goalie and the best player on that team for many, many years, and he's earned the right to, uh, you know, go down swinging. If, if they lose, if they get swept, then so be it. But I don't think you're going to go to your backup goalie and He's going to lead you, and an ice-cold goalie, mind you, somebody who really has not played, and he's going to lead you to four straight wins against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't see that happening. I think Carey Price gives you a far better chance, and that's not even to mention the damage that you would do uh, as far as the Canadiens' relationship with Carey Price going forward if you, you know, basically pull the plug on him now. you, you got to ride or die with Carey Price until the very end, but... We'll see what happens. I'm definitely going to watch the game. Like I said, I'd like to see the Canadians extend it, extend the season a little bit, maybe give us some excitement here in the Stanley Cup Finals. 
We'll see what happens. I just, I don't want to see the NHL season end tonight. Maybe you guys have a different opinion. Maybe you just want to see the Canadians lose. I don't know. But to me, uh, the longer this series goes, the better it is for everybody. Assuming you don't really have a horse in the race. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.